Welcome to the Pastors Podcast of Cornerstone Church of West Los Angeles, a podcast designed for our church family to communicate about the things most important to us and to allow you to get to know parts of our church family a little deeper. Today, as we uh, try to get to know parts of our church family a little deeper, we're going to get to know Pastor Matt a little deeper. Hello. He's with us. So is Pastor Brian. Hey. And we actually had things, our schedule shift up, uh, up on us a little bit, and so today I'm not yet sure what we're going to talk about. Matt has come and he's brought with him a topic, but we don't even know what it is. And so we figured this is a great way for you to get to know a little bit deeper uh, who we are. First, can uh, a schedule shift up? Come on, something shift up? Come on. Does it shift? Does it switch up? What what happens here? Matt, can you weigh in on that? Well, I just want to know the the topic I want to discuss is related to this. It's related to (laughs) what what it means when you say next Monday. <laughs> that's for getting that's to know for Pastor Reggie. Reggie. Oh, that's Reg, Reggie. Reggie has a oh, okay. strong opinion. Well, maybe he has a strong next, opinion. He can, maybe he can answer for us what the moving up the schedule switch, will looks you switch like up. as well. But we should have that, that conversation with R and Jose too because like like prepositions, you know, prepositional like, are those prepositional pronouns? What are those? Prepositions. Prepositions, right? Prepositional phrases. Okay. Yeah. Like, like up? In English, they don't make any sense, right? Like, like when you like take out or take in, like or, of or in. Yes. Or well, for I was just thinking about this the other day. Like in English, it just doesn't make any. Think sense. about this: the phrase "hold on." <laughs> Why is it "on"? Hold on, like hold makes some sense, right? But yeah. what is "on" for? There's Brian? some sort of visual metaphor, isn't there? Like when something's hold changing, on. you you grab a hold of something so you don't move. Is that like the idea? Yeah, you You're, said "hold of" is what you said in that sentence. Oh, hold on it does not make any sense. You grab a hold of something. You hold on to something. Hold on to. This is the content people are here for. Yeah, this is what they're here for. This is what's important to us. <laughs> this is taking you a little bit deeper. A little bit yeah. deeper with Pastor Matt. Prepositions. So here's what I wanted to talk about. All right. I'll All transition right. us. Here's what I wanted to talk about. I was having a conversation with my wife. And I'm just say to say it. It was with my wife. And I with, think... With unspoken member. Number <laughs> number one. <laughs> and it, it, it was an interesting thing for us to discuss, I think for a variety of reasons, but one, she was describing why she has a little bit of a difficult time with the discipleship pathway, which is actually very important to us because not only did we do a long sermon series on the discipleship pathway, but our foundation classes, which we're walking through right now, we're doing walking in the world right now, Mm -hmm. our foundation classes are built upon the discipleship pathway. Right. So for those who don't know yet, maybe haven't taken the classes and can't see the board behind Matt where it's written out from like three years ago. Uh, that, in, in pathway, dry erase marker that is very dry not, and yeah, unerasable yeah, now. It is neither of those things anymore. Um, it, it's essentially a way of understanding the basics of the Christian life through the lens of loving God and loving neighbor and trying to get your arms around that. So you start with a gospel motivation. That's the kind of the, the motivation for everything is what Jesus did for us in the gospel. And then for loving God, you have these areas of life or these categories the Bible teaches you to grow in, like Bible, uh, listening to and learning from God and his word, prayer, speaking to and relating to God, heart work, internalizing and applying what God has said in his word. And then loving your neighbor is community, which is loving relationships with other Christians, mission, loving relationships with non-Christians, and calling, which are the various unique roles and responsibilities God's given you in your life. And that's all meant to lead you to Christ likeness. So that's this thing we have in diagram form. We teach through all off the top of his head. (laughs) We already said it was 
We already said it was up on the board. No, 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 but all the details. Oh, like all oh, the, the descriptions. Oh, he remembered okay. every tagline. He got every... I'm not sure I could have gotten every single tagline. I was going to say, I was going to say, because the people listening were like, Scott, you're not telling the truth because he obviously just read it off the board. <laughs> but no, the, the, taglines are, the taglines are not up on the board. Brian, right. Brian did those Nailed for Nailed it. Okay, but back to the question. So, so Pastor Brian is so smart, just so everybody knows. <laughs> He's like an encyclopedia of discipleship pathways. So the, the thing is... Encyclopedia Brian Attica. And so, yeah, and here's as a this is a this is a general this is a general uh, millennials don't know what that is, but yeah, this is a general <laughs> deep guy. Wicca Brian Brian yeah. In general, this is like a good marital thing too. By the way, if your wife asks you questions and you uh, would like to answer them, uh, do it through podcast form. I feel like I feel like there's definitely listen to this. Yeah, there's something romantic about it. Hey, hey, girl. <laughs> All right, so Brian, the discipleship pathway. So we, no. so, so we got okay. So we got the pathway. Yeah. yeah. So the Brian, Brian. Did What's the, the question? The question. The the question is, why is the discipleship pathway for my wife is it's actually a little bit frustrating and difficult, um, and it actually she finds it not as helpful as I find it. Okay. So that's 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 the question, and we were kind of having this conversation, and it's very. It's very tricky for me because I find the discipleship pathway incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. It's so helpful for me to think through the broad categories of the Christian life and what are the steps forward that I need to take. For her, there's frustration or discouragement. Honestly, and it took us a while to get to this. In our conversation the other night, it was like, you know, a, a, probably a couple hours of trying to figure out what is. What is actually the issue here? Why is this discouraging? And what we came to is that our minds just approach things differently, number mm-hmm. one. But number two, I like having my arms like big and wrapped around all of the categories of the, the Christian life. And all I, I like having a, what I described as a map, a map of the Christian life. Or mm-hmm. That's true in all areas of life. I like, I like to get the big picture and have a kind of a big picture understanding of things. And for her, she prefers to have kind of a singular focus on one thing and try to go really deep in that one thing. So he, th- here's, here's what was interesting to me is there's ways that I think the discipleship pathway actually can be discouraging for people if they misunderstand its intention. Hmm. So, for example, um, if you're a perfectionist, the discipleship pathway can be very anxiety-inducing because... There's so many things For that sure. you need to do that you feel like you're falling short on. You, he, we're not saying, you know, in a sermon or something like that, you have a sermon on patience, right? Brian preached on patience just a few weeks ago. You have a sermon on patience um, that you can do a deep dive in patience and you can just like figure out and look in your heart and kind of repent over the ways you're impatient. Think about the ways that God wants you to grow in patience. And that's like a deep dive on one particular topic. But if we give you six topics, or actually it's eight in the discipleship pathway because you have gospel motivation and Christ's likeness as the goal, right? We give you these eight topics. It can be anxiety-inducing for people to say, here are all the ways you're falling short. And it's all over the place. Here are all the ways (laughs) you're struggling. Here are a million different ways you're struggling. And that's not our intention, right? That's not our intention in the creation of the discipleship pathway. Well, what's funny is we created it to to get around, like to fix that. So the problem— the reason we did this was so because you're getting 52 sermons a year. People are listening to podcast sermons. They're reading Christian books. They're in community group. Like there's 
so many inputs you're getting throughout just even a month. And so the idea of like, I've got now a hundred thousand different things that I'm being told and all these different inputs are like massively important. How do I not just kind of crumple up into a little ball and feel like I'm failing at everything? How can I get my arms around something that, that gets it into like six or eight large categories that then everything else can fit into? But it's interesting that, yeah, so for me, like the map makes sense. Like, cool, now I can kind of get my arms around these things. I can fit them into something that's not a hundred thousand things, but actually is kind of eight or six things, eight things, and can begin to look at that and go, okay, so this is one more way that I can be taking a next step in Bible or prayer or community. And maybe I already have a step going there. So this can be a step that comes after that. Like there's there ways to me that it, it was meant to help that. And so it's funny to hear that it can actually cost the opposite. And that's, and I think that's the same for me as we were in that conversation, I was thinking, oh, this is, this is the opposite of our intention, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it probably has to do with the way that we think through things as well and sure. the way that, that that's part of how we think. And it got me thinking, I wonder if there's people, other people who are misinterpreting the, the purpose of the discipleship pathway because what, what Nicole was describing was, yes, there's 100,000 things in six categories, but there's still 100,000 things, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so the, uh, she's, she, from her perspective, she says, and seeing, and seeing them all on one map. On, seeing them seeing all them on, on one, one map, map at <laughs> yeah. one time, right, at one time yeah. is not as helpful for and, some people as it is for me. Because sure. well, for me, I have a sense of the map, and I say, what's my next step? For her, she sees a, a whole bunch of things yeah. that say, you have to take 100,000 steps at once. Yeah, and there's, there's these like constant reminders right in a comprehensive map that of all those different things. Like, you know, week to week, I think, maybe in a, any given sermon or any given... You know, even as you're like reading scripture, like you, you want to seek to apply that, but you kind of take a next step and then you, you know, learn some more and you kind of grow some more. But I think, I think, it, I think there's probably a lot of people that can really resonate with that. Like when, when you put it all in a way that reminds me of all of it, sure, right. It can be this like constant reminder that, um, that, that, that I am falling short, right? That there's like room to grow, that that I don't have this all like. But that's a, and that's a problem across across the board too. It's not yeah. just the pathway. Like I think a, what what that approach will do, <clears throat> and again, not, not some people are going to be more prone to that than others for various reasons, their strengths and weaknesses to all these things. But it's not just the pathway. That, that there, There's an approach to sermons. There's an approach to any kind of input. There's an approach to kind of life in general that makes it like, if this isn't producing something that I can see immediately as progress, it's a failure. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really interesting grid that I think like perfectionists and I do have certain tendencies to like want to do things. Like, it's kind of all or nothing. There's a way that I can fall into that regardless of how I see the pathway. Like if, if I'm not doing it a hundred percent that I'm failing at it. And that's the only that, that I do to quantify that there's gonna be some sort of like visible product out of everything that I hear is a really interesting one, and I'm not sure that's exactly right. So yeah, and I, well, I mean, connected to that, and I just have an illustration yeah, that I think helps yeah. kind of point that out. That I was talking to, um, there was a, a, a one of my kids, six year old Caleb, Kate was had a homework assignment where he had to draw a dragon or something. I you know I don't know what it is, and he was he was sitting at his at his paper, and he was sketching things and then like throwing things away and sketching things and then throwing things away and he just said i don't want to do it and i remember asking like what 
what's why don't you want to do it like it just draw a dragon you know like this is this is like the easiest homework you're ever going to get in your life right drawing a dragon so there, it's not like a you shouldn't he said if i can't do it perfectly i don't want to do it hmm. and so there's this sense of perfectionism in that which again there's issues there that need to be kind of dealt with and but i think that's a, a very real issue for a lot of people where mm-hmm. in one sermon it can be hard you can be a perfectionist in one sermon and say i can't i could never do that and i can't do it perfectly so why even try but i think even the discipleship pathway could yeah. enhance that same kind of struggle yeah okay so so so, so let me i mean let, let me ask a couple of questions then as related to where we go from there like what, what, what that means so i mean if somebody has a hard time with the discipleship pathway in that in that sense right if if it's if it brings in anxiety to them right and they and they don't find it like encouraging or um or empowering to 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 kind of see it all structured that way um like what what would you suggest like i mean do you suggest that they then like hey don't use it hey if it's not a tool that works for you then don't use it is there a, a way to you would encourage them to look at it to use it to to view it is there um yeah what what i mean yeah, what did you guys do yeah yeah, yeah. Like, what, did what did you say to nicole end? or or what would you say to somebody in a, in, in a who's similarly struggled yeah i i i mean in that conversation it was a lot i was just trying to understand because i think i think about it so differently which again I need, we need to, as pastors, we need to understand yeah. how our, our uh, the people of the church are thinking through the things that we're presenting and uh, maybe interpreting them in a way that wasn't our intention, but can still be an honest interpretation of them. For me, I think reorienting it around sort of what the gospel says about us in our sanctification as Christians and saying, hey, this this sort of vision we're laying out is not is not um, is not meant to point out all the ways you're falling short. It's meant to give you a direction to walk towards. And the question, as we teach these classes, or as we um, preach sermons, or as we talk about something like the discipleship pathway, the question for you is, what are the next steps God wants me to take? Not not like what does it look to be perfect in this category. Because I think that's a struggle because mm-hmm. when we teach community, we teach here's what community is supposed to look like. Here's what community is supposed to look like when you're living out the gospel with one another in close-knit Christian community. And so there can be this anxiety saying, I'm so far from that. How can I even how can I even uh, think about that in a way that's helpful to me? And I think the way you think about it is, so there's this vision of what um, following Christ looks like in not a complete way, but in a, a more holistic way. What are next steps you can take in your life? What are the next steps that God will have you take in your life to grow in this area? And and those are words that we've said before, right? It's a pathway. Yeah. Next steps. But I think it's it's not so much how do you get to this perfect picture of what Christian community or what mission looks like, but what are the next steps for you in your sanctification and where God has you in your life? What are what are ways you can grow even simply in these areas yeah i mean it, it's it's really interesting it makes me think about <clears throat> just a, a really a, a similar anxiety that comes and, and and drive that that i experience when i read or think about any um 
imperatives, any instructions in Scripture, right? Which there's a lot of. Which there's a lot of them. And, and, <laughs> and, and which sometimes is why, this, enlist, why the discipleship pathway exists, kind right? of, too. Yeah, right? I mean, it's like, so, sometimes in list form, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you Don't know, do like, this, do this, yeah, do yeah. this, don't do Put this. Put to do death, this, like, anger, like, slander, you know, mm-hmm. and, you're like, and you're going through this whole, whole list, and you're like, Man, like okay, imperatives, by the way, are commands. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. In, yeah. Just clarifying. It's a big. That's why I said instructions. Uh, okay, just just clarifying. I think it was helpful, Matt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the but but I think it, it, this is a common experience for all of us as Christians, and I, in that sense, I don't, I think it's it's less about the discipleship pathway. I think any instructions we have a, a a hard time with that. But I think for for us, the way the way maybe our minds think when we look at gospel motivation as the the kind of precursor, the driver that pushes through all of this. I think we, we see it as, um, as something that, that, that encompasses and defines everything else. But I think just by looking at it and maybe even by um, just hearing us talk about it or hearing others talk about it, I think gospel motivation could seem like just step one. Like the step that you like, hey, you, you need to be saved. You need to know the gospel. You need to want to do these things because of the gospel. And once you want to do these things because of the gospel, then you move on from the gospel into the things you need to do. Which makes it one more thing you can fail at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Which is interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so I, and I think really, I think in reality, the gospel, gospel motivation in that sense, the, the magnitude of God's grace is meant to, to encompass the entire pathway. Yeah, it's meant pathway. to permeate probably a every better way single, to draw that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like having it like underneath and like sort of empowering every single category and it's speaking into every category and saying saying god saying i i want to speak to you because i love you not because you get this right not because your time in the bible is perfect right but because i'm a loving father so so i'm inviting you to hear from me right in in, in my word and and when you fail at it like there's my grace is there but i, I want you to let's continue to grow let's continue to to uh invite you and draw you in to hear from mm-hmm. me in my word because I, I love you so much and because I, I am forming you more and more into the, the image of my son. And, and I mean, not only, I, I think you know, there's a way you can say like, so people need to be careful uh, and think about it that way. But I think maybe more specifically, I think we need to be really careful in how we talk about it. Absolutely. Um, I think we need to be really careful in even how we think about it because Man, I mean, and, we can and presuppose it. Every generation in the church, right, like has always had this problem with with any format, with any structure, with any liturgy, right? That that you presuppose and assume. He looked at Brian when he said liturgy. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 it's wait, in my contract. We we we, we 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 assume and can presuppose the reality of the gospel um, instead of explicitly infusing uh, every step and every aspect of 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 everything we're doing with the, the the reality of that gospel motivation and the gospel context in which it it uh, it it takes place. I mean, it makes me think of. I think these are the types of things we're called to exhort one another of every day, as long as it's called today, right? Uh, as we see in Hebrews, like so that our hearts may not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Which sin doesn't doesn't only deceive us to like send us off on the wrong path; it also deceives us that the. God's grace doesn't hasn't covered everything that we're not actually accepted unless we do these things right. Yeah. I, so okay, what I find interesting is that the lack of understanding gospel motivation or living in it, I guess, is probably a better way to say it. It's not like, like yeah. I, I yeah, get yeah, it yeah, sort yeah. of no, thing, like exactly living in it. it. Yeah. Um, 
is probably just as present for people who like the map as for those that don't. Yeah. So there's there's a way that I think, and that's so it's not just that. Well, we need to make sure that we are communicating. You're right. I mean, we do need to make sure that we're not presupposing this or just kind of leaving a lack of clarity as to what this is. Anytime you do like a diagram, you're losing. You got to like make sure you make up for the the lack in in something that's that kind of simple. But it's all. I mean, when you look at when you like a map, you like it because it gives you some sense of control. Some mm-hmm. sense of like, here's where everything is, and now I kind of see it. And that vision, that kind of knowledge that feels kind of comprehensive makes you feel better. Um, which that's is definitely my, that's definitely my, an issue that I struggle with. Yeah, and me too. And so it makes sense that for us, we'd see something like this and both for good reasons and maybe for some sinful reasons resonate with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so f- for us, it's not just about maybe making sure we communicate it well, it's also about making sure that we ourselves are going, no, no, no. The reason this should make you feel good is not because now you have a map and it feels better. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know, like, yeah. like the reason, yeah. and I think too, there's a, there's a way that we ought to be conceptualizing this not as a set of steps, but as uh, a relationship lived out. And I yeah. think that's kind of idea, idea, the push of gospel motivation and the pull of Christ likeness is meant to do that. So there's a way that y- you're meant to look at Bible or prayer or heart work just as examples and ask the question, okay, is there something going on here? And if there is, I should be encouraged because that means the relationship I'm in with the God who's there and who made me and who saved me is happening mm-hmm. as opposed to looking at it and saying, okay, this is a bucket where all of the things I'm supposed to do go in mm-hmm. and let's see how many of those I'm failing at. And I think that, I mean, or, funny. or how many of those I'm like nailing. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love right, it. Right, I feel right. really good in about an it. arrogant way. Yeah. 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 The, uh, and I think that the relational and the gospel, so the the gospel filtering through, and the gospel in, in its inherently relational nature, right? That fact that the gospel exists as an outworking of God wanting to be near us and wanting to have a relationship with us, and having the relational side infused into each of those categories, I think is huge. And that's uh, that was always our intention from the very beginning. And so we we have to be very careful with a a tool that I still find very helpful that we, we make sure that we have it in its proper context, that we have it in its proper um, orientation in, in, with regard to the relationship with the relational component of what it is. Prayer is not just something God has commanded you to do, therefore you must do it. It's something where you connect with the living God and you have communion with the living God and you get to know God in a deep and profound way that is meant to bolster your soul and your love for him right it's a lot more than just things you need to do and we have to yeah. rem- remember that as we communicate well and even I, I think i would make the case that there's a way that it might be more sort of offensive to to god or just to the relationship to look at prayer and see all of the things to, to neglect all the things that you are doing or have done, or you've seen God do in your life in that particular category and focus on the thousand uh, smaller steps you're supposed to take forward. I, I would say it might be more offensive to not be encouraged by what he has done in those areas in pretty significant ways over the last five, 10, however many years you've been a Christian um, than it is to have a long list of things that you are yet to do as next steps. Mm. So, okay, so I, I think this is, I, I hope this is really helpful. I mean, I think it's, it's really encouraging me to me to both just remember and even ha- provide an opportunity to kind of meditate on together. But so l- let's just make this, let's, let's make it explicit. Let's, uh, to, to kind of sum up and like close up, like let's make it explicit, both for those that 
have a hard time with the discipleship pathway and for those that like love the discipleship <laughs> pathway, right? For, for, for those that have a hard time with the discipleship pathway, um, what, what do you think the danger is there and how does the gospel um, provide freedom in the midst of it? The danger is that you would use it as a tool to uh, only shine light on the things that are undone and never shine light on the things that God has done. Mm. And that in doing so, you would remove yourself from someone who's living in a relationship with God who definitely loves you because Christ died for you. Um, and you'd remove yourself out of that and look at yourself then as sort of uh, someone who needs to perform, someone who is sort of a machine built to do religious activities that you might or might not be doing well or good right now. Mm -hmm. It just becomes a tool to analyze yourself in that kind of way that removes yourself from, I think, where God would like, how he sees you and what he'd like you to see yourself as. A performance-based relationship. Yeah. yeah. Or just a performance-based identity. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and I think that the gospel, I mean, we even we're broadening it out, right? Because it's not just the gospel message of like declaring, don't worry, you're forgiven for those things. But it, we're talking about all the gospel implications of recognizing that if, if you're in Christ, like his spirit is dwelling in you and empowering good works. And he is bringing about uh, growth in all these areas that, 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 that brings glory to him. Um, and that it is designed to bring glory to him as we as we recognize it, as we as yeah. We I mean, imagine like we have a pretty big adoption culture in the yeah. church. Like, imagine being adopted and and like you know, five years in, ten years in, you're talking to your parents and they're talking about here are the you know we we want to talk to each other a lot and really spend time with each other. We want to always have like family dinner together. You know, we want to uh, uh, send you out into school or the world or whatever in a certain way. Like, and, and every time you talk about those things, you all you do is you get nervous because you're worried about how, how many, many ways you're failing at those things. Mm. Instead of just being like your parents would not be honored by that. Mm. I think they would they would like the idea that you want to grow. But the idea that it would be this debilitating thing would not be the tenor of the relationship that you're in. Mm. Like they chose you and adopted you. They brought you in and made you theirs. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, these things are meant to be ways you live that out and not ways that you self-assess and find yourself wanting every day. Yeah. Or, yeah, or, or wondering if you even should be part of this family right. or wondering yeah. you know, what role you're, you play in this family yeah. or whether they actually love you, right? Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's the danger. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, so for those, on the flip side then, for those that love the discipleship pathway, right? For those who are like, oh, finally, like, you know, some categories that like make sense of all these like thousands of things. Like now I know what to do. And now like I'm, I'm going to strive to do it. Like what, what's the danger for those that love the discipleship pathway? And, and, and how does the gospel speak to that? Well, I mean, I think Brian mentioned it earlier, but this idea of having a map of the Christian life so you can see the big picture, so you can wrap your arms around it so that you can say, I'm in some sort of control here of what and how my life is supposed to be lived mm. when it's really not about your control, but about this relational deepness with the God of the universe, that these things similar to a father and a child that he wants you to grow in and, 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 and loves you. And so, and it calls you to those things because he loves you. So the idea of trying to have control over um, your life. And I think secondly, also, similarly performance-based maybe you like the discipleship pathway because of what it tells you about how great you are yeah. you know because you're really good at reading your bible and so you say yeah look how amazing i am but again that's performance-based yeah. rather than finding your identity in christ and what god has done for you in the gospel yeah yeah i, I think the, the danger right is that we would relegate it to uh a, to a to-do list right to like a, okay like these are the things i'm supposed to do 
I'm checking them off. I'm like, I'm doing them. So, it, which again, I think, uh, undercuts the, the relational nature, like the, the, the call that God has given us to have a relationship with him, a genuine relationship with, of which these are just components to try to summarize and help us, you know, help to engender, uh, that relationship, but is, is meant to, to drive us, um, into that. And the gospel, I think, speaks into that and tells us that we are accepted, right? That we are accepted regardless, that it's, we, we can't earn it, right? That, um, and that God wants us to be more captivated with him than we are with the to-do list he gives us. So that's the real danger. <clears throat> and I think yeah. that, I think that's yeah. the thing that the reason why you like the discipleship pathway is because you are able to check these things off or feel good about them. And you think that therefore your sort of service has been paid and now you're on your own time. Mm. There's a way in which it's not that we're worried about, well, I really want a relationship with God. I'm so glad I have one because I did all the things on the discipleship pathway. Mm -hmm. The issue is I did my part and now you have to leave me alone. And I mm. think there's a, there's a piece in all of us as Christians that can resonate with that if we're actually being honest. Mm. And so if you love it, I have the map. I know how to do what I need to do. And eventually that means that once I've done those things or I've kind of got all the plates spinning, I can clock out mm. and I've done my job. And so the idea of, of having a father that we want to relate to regularly is not always an incentive for us. And that's why going back to the gospel shows us that it is an incentive. Like, we're misunderstanding a whole lot more than just, you know, forgetting that we are loved. There's a way in which we need to really understand what that love means and how much it meets the way we're made and the longings that we have and the ways we often misdirect those longings in a variety of places. You're talking about a kind of performative Christianity where you jump through the hoops, you do the things that you check the things off the list, but you're missing the heart of what this entire faith is supposed to be. Yeah, and I think that it works for both of us. I think both sides, both people who interpret this in a variety of ways, there's a way that that kind of self-worship, you find it underneath those things. The mm -hmm. reason why you're discouraged is not necessarily because, some for some people it is. For some people it's because I'm just not sure I can have a relationship with God if I'm, not, if I'm doing all these things wrong. And that's mm -hmm. a legitimate, like, real thing that I don't want to disparage. Mm -hmm. But I think that's talked about semi-regularly and what is you, often unaddressed is the idea that maybe you feel sad because you want to get these things done so that then you can, f you can feel like you're in control of your own life. Now yeah. you've arrived. Now you've yeah. done it. You're, you've liked ha life hacked it. You've, you've got it done. And then for those of us who like the map, it's because we feel like we do have the capacity to do all the things on the map so we can feel like we're in control of our own lives. And, and then we can sort of access God on our terms when we want to, as we'd like to. And that's like a real distortion, mm. not just of what God's like or what the pathway is supposed to be. Mm but of the way the world is and what we're, how our hearts are formed and, mm -hmm. and what they are and what we long for. Like there's a, a reality that, that there is a God who exists, who is opening the door to the other side of all the things that are your deepest longings and loves that you have willfully misdirected mm -hmm. to a variety of other lesser things that do damage to you and you know they do damage to you, but you don't want to admit it on a really deep level. Mm -hmm. And so we end up taking things like pathways, whichever interpretation you you have and we pervert them mm. and so like that the idea of gospel motivation runs underneath it's really subterranean and it, it subverts all those things and it makes you i think it cracks up the foundation and makes you go okay if i really understand that god is that thing for which i am made and i have left him behind and and used really crazy gymnastics internally 
to push him away and tell him that I will relate to him on my own terms if, when I want to because I've done or have left undone the things that you know I, I, I want or don't want to do to then realize that that's, that's entirely wrong mm. and that the God who okay. comes into that and then dies for you anyway. These are the things I think melt your heart and reform you and let you look at these things differently. Well, and, and, and I think that's, that's where the meditation, like that's where this recognition ought to lead us in meditation, right? Is to not how deeply, I mean, yes, how deeply the problem goes, but in the face of that, how magnificent God's grace is that he meets us there in a place that recognizes all the ways that we tend to distort and that we can distort and that we do distort um, his, even his instructions for us um, and meets us there with acceptance, with love, with adoption, with uh, kindness, uh, with, with just unimaginable patience as he walks with us step by step relationally, uh, wanting to to meet us in, in each one of these areas, in, in our speaking to him, in his speaking to us, in, in doing this and in internalizing these, these truths and the truth of what he's done deeper and deeper and, th- and, then, and, and, and step by step um, putting that into practice through our loving relationships with Christians, through our loving relationships with non-Christians and through our, our loving relationships with uh in the various callings that, that, that he's given us in, a, in various vocations. And, and I think it's actually through this wrestling. I think so, sometimes we think that it's through the pathway that that's how we, we become like Christ. But I, I think, and that's where I think heart work reminds us, it's actually through this wrestling. It's actually through saying like, I have a hard time with this and I don't know why. Like, I don't, I don't like this and I don't know why um, that he forms us more and more into Christ. So we'll see you on Sunday. <laughs>